welcome to the Minute 66 podcast. On today's episode, we're joined by Pedro from Santos FC English. We discuss hopes and expectations at Santos for the new season and talk about their world-famous academy. We also talk about how Brazilian players are moving overseas earlier than ever before and the challenges that's creating for Brazilian clubs and the national side. Right, Pedro, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me. Um, yeah, of course. Thanks so, for having me. Thank you. Um, so it's quite early in the season in Brazil, but Santos started quite well, quite high up the table, doing well in Copa Sudamericana. How are we feeling about the season? Are we confident? Are we happy with how the team's shaping up? Oh, what a loaded question. Um, It's hard to say. It's so early, like you mentioned. And I think we are doing a lot better than pretty much everyone had expected, including the fans. Um, Just to back up, before the the actual league season started, we were involved in the state competition, uh, which for the second year in a row, we failed to qualify for the knockout stage, which resulted in... um, course in Brazil as I'm sure you're aware uh, the the classic uh, sacking of the manager um, and you know that was probably our sixth in two years um, but uh, so expectations weren't high for for this season to say the least um, so it's been a pleasant surprise um, I wouldn't say that I'm feeling confident for the rest of the season um just because we've seen even just in the past week uh we lost to a side we really should be beating Goyais um away from home um just a a one nil loss which uh the team looked stagnant insipid really poor performance um so uh I'm hoping the team uh continues in their decent run of form we also got you mentioned um copa sudamericana we also got really lucky just this week too with the last minute winner in um in about the 10th minute of added time when there was only supposed to be five so uh we we we've been we've been getting some some good luck we've been having some good results where we may have deserved them you could say but um but things are shaping up to be a good start to the league season so um, you know, I'm cautiously optimistic. Um, and as far as the team shaping up and the additions, I'm, I'm pretty satisfied. I've actually been pretty impressed with a lot of um, Postos' uh, uh, signings this year. So uh, all in all, cautiously optimistic. Good. That's good. Um, you mentioned the state competition. And um, one thing I did mm-hmm. want to ask was, obviously to a European football fan, the state competitions are some, not something that's, ever been a thing really so much in Europe does that still maintain a lot of importance in Brazil is it still very important to win that competition or is it seen as almost something that's from a bygone era now well I think this there's a generational split I would say a lot of the old fans really see it as something you know a an important part of the Brazilian season um, but a lot of the younger fans have that more European 
perspective where they see it as irrelevant. And mo in most states, you know, you'll have two or three big teams. Rio and, and Sao Paulo um, have a few more. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it's, it makes it a little bit more interesting, but a lot of the, a lot of states, you know, you'll, you'll have the same winners just about every year. Um, who it is really important to are those secondary teams in those states. So in Sao Paulo, you'll have, you know, this year we have five teams in, in the first division of Brazilian football. Um, but in the first division of the Paulista state tournament, there's teams from the first, second, third, fourth tiers of Brazilian football. So um, these are teams that usually don't get to see, at least in the league, a big team like Palmeiras or Santos come to their stadium. And these are clubs that are very well supported and are very uh, traditional clubs in Brazil. So I think there's a generational split and there's also a split amongst the fans. If you're a fan of a, of a team, I won't even say smaller team, but a team that is more of a traditional team that isn't as high up in, in, in the Brazilian league system, um, you may also find yourself a little bit more um, interested and vested in those state competitions. And going back to the team at the moment, how is, I feel like Santos is a club that's almost built on the reputation of producing young players. That that's kind of where its legacy comes from. Um, how is the team shaping up in that regard at the moment? Is Are there young players coming through who you're excited about? Absolutely. Kind of still producing? Absolutely. And anyone who's watched, obviously, the Champions League this season has seen the impact of um, you know, Santos Academy grads, um, Rodrigo, of course, and Real Madrid, um, those two, uh, those two goals, um, in the semifinal versus City. Um, but absolutely. So, uh, the, um, Sao Paulo also hosts this youth tournament that hosts, um, teams around Brazil. It's called the Copinha or like the Little Cup, hmm. um, and this past year, actually, Santos uh, made it to the final, losing to Palmeiras. Um, but they had a absolutely loaded team. At least two or three have already had big impacts in the senior professional team this year, right? So the, the youth tournament was in January. And these players have come into the professional team and um, they've made an impact. Actually, just I mentioned our last minute kind of lucky winner this week. Uh, was scored by a guy called Lucas Barbosa, who was part of our um, attacking trident in the Copinha. Um, and so he's been a great player. Uh, the defender, Lucas Perez, has been um, an incredible uh, and impactful player. He is um, an outside back, a fullback, and he's got a really nice cross on him. He's been able to link up and um, integrate into the team really well. Um, so there's been, there's been, you know, consistently production of these, these youth talents who have done well, both in the, the youth system and in the professional team. And, you know, it's, that's amazing. And it's something that we can be proud of, but of course, as I'm sure you're aware, Brazilian football really hinges on that production and then the sale, the, the exporting of these talents. So while it's, enjoyable and it's so much fun to watch these these jewels as they're called 
you know, graduate from the academy and integrate in this professional team, they're almost like they have this, you know, ticking clock on them where, you know, within a year, year and a half, two years, if you're lucky, they're going to end up on European team radar. Well, that was one they're going to be, they're going to be exported. Yeah. That was one thing I did want to touch on because you mentioned Rodrigo. Mm -hmm. um, and it felt like sort of Vinicius Junior sort of began this new wave where European clubs are now purchasing these players at 17, 18, before they've even really had a chance to do anything in the Brazilian league. Because um, obviously with Santos, you had like guys like Neymar and Rubinho before him. They stayed at Santos for some years, um, won trophies, built teams there, left legacies. Is that a real concern in Brazil that these players are now leaving at 17 and 18 when they're, they're barely professional players? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You hit the nail on the head there. Um, a lot of, you know, fans, obviously, they want their team to do well. Um, but, I mean, like you said, there's all these exciting stars like Vinicius, Vinicius um, Rodrigo, who are, I think both of them, if memory serves me right, I know Rodrigo was, but they were purchased, like you said, at 17. Yeah. Where, you know, before they're even making their professional debut in Brazil, they've already been, their rights have been purchased by a big European team. And you can't actually leave Brazil until you're um, 18. So, you know, these kids will be making their professional debuts and they're, they're already, you know, written off in, in, the, in the books they're leaving in, in July or June or um, you know, in the summer, at some point in the summer. And um, yeah, like you said, you don't get to see that impact um, until, um, you know, they really, unless they stay around like Neymar. And Neymar was um, a bit of an outlier. Um, he stayed in Brazil a lot longer. And there were even plans I was reading for him to stay until the 2014 World Cup, if you can imagine. Um, that's how, you know, how much he was, uh, you know, he wanted to stay in Santos and that's how much he enjoyed his time there. And that's what, you know, how much of like, um, uh, you know, like the crowning jewel of Brazilian football that he, he felt like he was, he was Brazilian football, but, you know, he was almost too big for the league at that point. Um, so I think, you know, that move, that move definitely suited him. Um, but yeah, going back to your point, so many of these young talents are, are, are being shipped off um, a bit too early than I'd like to see. And, you know, you hear the success stories, right? Um, like Vinicius, like Rodrigo, making an impact at the top level. But there's been also players like um, Fluminense who produced this wonderful striker, although actually, excuse me, America um, produced this striker, uh, Pedro, who made a similar move, went to Fluminense for a season, did really well, moved to Europe. Everyone was expecting, you know, this incredible striker. This is on the back of Vinicius moving. And he didn't do very well at Fiorentina. And now he's back in Brazil and he's even struggling in Brazil at, at Flamengo. Um, so you hear a lot about, you know, the success stories. There are a lot of failures as well. And these are players, these are these are guys that may, they might not even come back to Brazil. You know, they might end up in Japan or China or some, somewhere else in the world, you know, away from the spotlight, um, which is sad for anyone who, who follows the Brazilian league and thinks, you know, uh, if these kids had stayed just a little bit longer domestically, maybe they would have 
produce more in Europe, or maybe they would feel, you know, Europe wasn't their calling and would have stayed in Brazil. Another one of the criticisms I've seen of this with mainly older Brazilian people is that these players going to Europe so young, it means that the Brazilian style and culture of football is almost coached out of them rather than in generations past when they would have gone in their early 20s or their mid-20s. Um, it, would you agree with that? Do you think there is a, still a significant style difference between Brazil and European football? And do you think this is, does it help the national team or does it hurt the national team if that Brazilianness is being lost? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I, I tend to think it's a bit overblown, just mm. especially, you know, I'll use Vinicius as an example, but you could use Rodrigo as well. And just because they're two of the most prominent players in the world right now. Um, but, uh, you know, I don't think anyone would say that, especially Vinicius has had his Brazilian flair coached out of him. And I guess, um, you know, uh, they've been integrated into a European side and they're playing modern European football. And I think there, I mean, there's, uh, there's a huge difference in class, but there's also a difference in style in Brazil um, versus Europe. Um, I think as a, from a team perspective, but I think still, especially in your right, Carlo Ancelotti's team, that he gives his players a lot more freedom. Um, so I don't think their Brazilian flair has been, you know, coached out of them. And I think that's a bit overblown, but you could make the argument that a player like Gabriel Jesus in Man City, who's someone, you know, who's been forced to to kind of be forced into this system that I'm not sure that is suits him, you know, yeah, um, as so much as, as he would, he, you know, he was a, mm. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Really and he was a, in Brazil. Mm. Yeah. In Brazil. I mean, he was the speedy, tricky, exciting winger. He would score. He would, um, you know, he led his team uh, to trophies, Palmeiras um, in Brazil. And I'm just, I, players like that I, I sometimes make me think that, okay, maybe these people have a, have a point. I tend to think it is a little overblown, but I will say that there are those cases where, you know, you get this Brazilian player who's used to be playing with this flair and this concentration on individual, you know, um, individual greatness and, and, uh, you know, um, maybe not as systems focused. Mm -hmm. um, and you do lose a bit of that, but I think overall it hasn't been as bad as some people make it out to be. Do, do you think it's helping Brazilian football? Because there seems to have been a lot, of, a lot of number 10s in recent years who've come to Europe. And then after a few years, they've become eights and sixes. When you look at guys like Fred and Fernandinho and Anderson, these guys who came to Europe as exciting attackers and ended up being sent back as sixes. Is that a help to Brazilian football? Or like mm, I said, there is this yeah, that's... generation that says, well, we don't we didn't produce players like this in the 70s and the 60s, and because we didn't need this, and now the Europeanness has complicated the style. 
Yeah, that that is that that is a that's an interesting question, especially in terms of the national team, um, because we've seen Neymar really take on that ten role, and it sounded like um, uh, even in in recent uh, in recent weeks, I want to say maybe even last week, the the coach um, uh, of the national team, a guy called um, it's spelled TT, but it's Chichi. Um, but, uh, he was saying that Neymar is going to be relied on as, as, as the playmaker on the, in the upcoming world cup. That's what, um, the quote that I read online, uh, was saying. And so it would, it would be interesting to see him kind of in that 10 role with maybe Vinicius and Rodrigo or whatever the winger setup's going to be. Mm. But, um, yeah, that, that criticism of the, of the national team, I've definitely heard. And I think that there's, there, there could be some merit to that. Um, I think there's a, you know, like you said, the European game, there's almost, there seems like there's fewer number tens, at least pure number tens. Um, and so, yeah, you're, you're probably right that a lot of those exciting Brazilian, you know, attacking midfielders, you know, maybe they're pushed back a little bit or, you know, geared towards more defensive duties. Um, so I, I think that that could have, a, you know, a, uh, an impact, but I think if Brazil want to win uh, at a, you know, on a, in an international uh, competition, Copa, whether it's Copa America or, or World Cup, I think that they're going to have to play modern football um, and they're going to have to beat European sides playing modern football. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm not sure how that translates are they keeping up with the times by, you know, these, these players that are tens converting to elsewhere in midfield, or are they hurting themselves? I I'm not sure. It's an interesting discussion to have, but I think I would lean a little bit towards they're just trying to keep up with, with the times. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I'll, um, I'll take you back to Santos. Cause that's my favorite. Okay. <laughs> so I've got, I go on tangents about Brazilian football all the time. I do find it. <laughs> it's fine. I love it. I love it. So many people in Europe, they always look at Brazil and go, why aren't they having de- developing these high pressing players and high energy? Players? Mm. It's this, they're stuck in a time warp. And then you hear some Brazilian people say, well, we're not stuck in a time warp. It's just, we're being too European and that's what's hurting us. Uh, but another thing I wanted to ask with Santos is when you talk about Brazilian club football to European people, um, Santos and Botafogo, particularly two of the names that always come up as great sides because of that lineage from the 50s and the 60s of Pele and mm. Garincha in Botafogo's case. Um, in South America, does, does Santos have that kind of reputation the way that in Europe, teams get excited when they get to play Real Madrid or Manchester United or Liverpool or, you know, these great European sides. Is that similar in South America where Santos, wherever they go, they get that level of respect of, well, this is Pele's team. This is this is always a, a, an amazing experience. Yeah, I think there's definitely an element to that, um, especially, you know, when you're playing these other historic clubs. Um just a few years ago in the semifinals of the Libertadores, we played uh, Boca Juniors, which was, of course, you know, a, a, a store clash, so much pedigree, so much history, so, you know, so many players. Um, and, 
there were, you could, you definitely got a sense of the respect for the history. Um, you know, of course, um, the, the Pelé has done, has done, you know, so much for football worldwide, but especially, you know, just, it just seems like he alone could bring so much respect and, 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 uh, an honor to the club, but even, I mean, you know, making it to the final of the Libertadores two years or in January of 2021, um, you know, the performances since then, the 2011 Libertadores, Neymar, Santos still has that, that, um, that history and obviously the, that, um, just the prestige. Um, so so I, I do believe that a lot of the clubs around the continent have that respect. Um, uh, Although it's funny, sometimes I feel like the crest is almost, it's uh, clubs see it and they, they almost give us too much respect. There have been times recently in Copa Sudamericana, um, even in uh, you know, early stages in Libertadores, um, where teams, I think that maybe could have gotten a little bit more out of the game. Maybe they got one point when they could have gotten the win and when Santos weren't feel, fielding, you know, a, a team that would, would produce much fear in any opposition, I think they still kind of gave it that respect to the badge. Yes. Which I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which, which obviously works out for us. But, but uh, I do get that feeling oftentimes where there's almost, um, you know, depending on the team that we have on, on the pitch at the time, that, uh, that, that team's kind of, you know, give us too much respect mm. in terms of football, but off the pitch, there's, there's a lot of, of respect, which is always appreciated. And it's, I like to think, at least from my perspective, and I, I feel like a lot of people I see on Twitter, it's, it's um, reciprocated throughout from Santos fans to other big clubs and other traditional clubs in Brazil and, and across the continent. And is there... Any names in this current Santos team who you think in the future are going to come to Europe and become big players? Is there a guy there right now who you'd tip who's going to be a big star? Mm, yeah, the, the big star... Um, well, I mean, there's absolutely guys in the team now that are, are going to be on the, their way to Europe. Um, uh, I believe uh, Kaiki, the... Yes. Um, What's the name of He's him? a centre-back. Yes. Yeah, yeah, he's Kaiki, dealing with a lot of things. Yeah, 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 and I believe, um, I believe it's Barcelona that have a right of first refusal, um, so they can match any offer from a European side if they want Kaiki. Um, also, interestingly, um, I believe Man City own another Kaiki, an exciting winger from they do, yeah, the bottom spelled was, slightly yeah. different. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, to everyone listening, try not to get those two confused. Um, but, uh, but yeah, Kaiki is, of course, a big name. I think he's headed to, his, headed to Europe relatively soon. Um, Angelo uh, is a really exciting attacker um, who is, I think he's still, he's still 17. He made his debut at 16. He was, I think he's our youngest or second youngest ever player to score in um, in Copa Libertadores. Um, he has played a, a little bit of a smaller role on the team recently, has been a bit out of form, but he's a really exciting player. 
and I think he's gonna he's gonna go to Europe. I believe uh, there's another big European team that have right of first refusal um, with him as well, and it could be Barcelona. They could be part of the same deal, um, if I'm remembering that correctly. Um, I think the next player though that's gonna leave is our striker Marcos Leonardo. Uh, he wears the number nine. Um, he's a really, really exciting talent. Um, I think um, he, he's been in a bunch of those, those lists. Um, I think he might've even been in the Guardians um, top, uh, top 50 players, young players to watch under whatever age it is. Um, but uh, he's, he's really, he's, he's a really special talent. Um, he has, um, he's got all the, the makings to be a complete striker. He's maybe not as tall as you'd want, um, but he just seems to, his finishing's great. He seems to, no matter what, somehow get the ball in the back of the net. He recently scored with his, his rear end uh, sliding in uh, recently. And, and it was oh, just, it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they have said that in England. It's a good strike. Yeah. 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 And it's just, it's just, and that's just so emblematic of the type of striker he is, you know, it may not be the prettiest goal, but he's going to get the, the ball in the back of the net and he's going to make it count. So, and he's, exp- he's so explosive. He's got that explosive um, acceleration. And so I think he's going to be, um, he's going to be heading to Europe soon. I hope, you know, we have him for the rest of this year. Um, but yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all. He's I, of all the talents. I think he's probably going to fetch the biggest fee um, that we, that I can think of of right now unless something mm-hmm. changes mm-hmm. but um but yeah and I, it's worth mentioning that all of these these those three kids that i mentioned all have pretty pretty high release clauses too so i'm hoping that you know should they leave you know hopefully they don't but they should fetch um you know a, a decent transfer fee awesome well thank you very much for joining me today and i um wish you all the best for the season with santos yeah of course yeah thanks so much richard i really appreciate it